Chapter Twelve of Nature and Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Nature and Art by Elizabeth Inchbald. Chapter Twelve. That vanity which presided over every thought and deed of Lady Clementina was the protector of young henry within her house it represented to her how amiable her conduct would appear in the eye of the world should she condescend to treat this destitute nephew as her own son what envy such heroic virtue would excite in the hearts of her particular friends and what grief in the bosoms of all those who did not like her the dean was a man of no inconsiderable penetration he understood the thoughts which upon this occasion passed in the mind of his wife and in order to ensure her kind treatment of the boy instead of reproaching her for the cold manner in which she had at first received him he praised her tender and sympathetic heart for having shown him so much kindness and thus stimulated her vanity to be praised still more William the mother's own son far from apprehending a rival in this savage boy was convinced of his own preeminence and felt an affection for him though rather as a foil than as a cousin he sported with his ignorance upon all occasions and even lay in wait for circumstances that might expose it while young henry impressed with everything which appeared new to him expressed without reserve the sensations which those novelties excited wholly careless of the construction put on his observations he never appeared either offended or abashed when laughed at but still pursued his questions and still discovered his wonder as many replies made to him though simpleton poor silly boy and idiot were vociferated around him from his cousin his aunt and their constant visitor the bishop his uncle would frequently undertake to instruct him so indeed would the bishop but lady clementina her son and the greatest part of her companions found something so irresistibly ridiculous in his remarks that nothing but immoderate laughter followed they thought such folly had even merit in the way of entertainment and they wished him no wiser having been told that every morning on first seeing his uncle he was to make a respectful bow and coming into the dean's dressing-room just as he was out of bed his wig lying on the table henry appeared at a loss which of the two he should bow to at last he gave the preference to his uncle but afterwards bowed reverently to the wig in this he did what he conceived was proper from the introduction which the dean on his first arrival had given him to this venerable stranger for in reality henry had a contempt for all finery and had called even his aunt's jewels when they were first shown to him trumpery asking what they were good for but being corrected in this disrespect and informed of their high value he like a good convert gave up his reason to his faith and becoming like all converts over zealous he now believed 
there was great value in all gaudy appearances and even respected the earrings of lady clementina almost as much as he respected herself End of chapter 12 Recording by John Brandon